welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. I want to continue to talk to you down this theme that we come together on of I believe. And today my key thought is I believe the promises depend on faith. I was so encouraged to hear Pastor Rob bring the focus on faith this morning. You see, faith must be activated. That means you've got to switch it on and then act upon it. It's kind of like having Google Maps. Google Maps sitting in your phone while your phone is closed is absolutely no good to you. As husband and wife, if you are going to get there on the directions from one or the other, it's going to cause you problems, right? But if you switch on Google Apps and just listen to that sweet English voice that you have activated there, or whatever voice you have activated, it can take the tension out of the vehicle and just put it into that application and you're going to get there on time with road alerts. Faith must be activated. It's got to be switched on. And so I want to jump into Romans chapter 4 and verse 12 today. Read this portion of Scripture, then bring you some thoughts out of it. Abraham is obviously the true father of faith for the Jewish people who are not only circumcised but who walk in the faith, in the way of faith that our father Abraham displayed before his circumcision. God promised Abraham and his descendants that they would have an heir who would reign over the world. This royal promise was not fulfilled because Abraham kept all the law, but through the righteousness that was transferred by faith. For if keeping the law earns the inheritance, then faith is robbed of its power and the promises become useless. Notice that, the promises become useless. For the law provokes punishment, and where no law exists, there cannot be a violation of the law. The promises depends on faith. The promise depends on faith so that it can be experienced as a grace gift. And now it extends to all the descendants of Abraham. This promise is not only meant for those who obey the law, but also to those who enter into the faith of Abraham, the father of us all. That's why this, what the Scripture means when it says, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our example and father. For in God's presence, he believed that God can raise the dead and call into being things that don't even exist. Can I pray there? Father, thank You this morning that we would not just hear this Word with our minds, but God, we'd hear it with our hearts, that we would receive this Word, accept it, and be able to act upon it as You speak to us. God, thank You this morning that by the power of Your Holy Spirit, You come to bring this Word to light in us, that it might manifest through us in Jesus' Name. Against all odds, when it looked hopeless, against all odds, when it looked hopeless, against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfil it. He took God at His Word. I wonder if there's anyone here this morning that is ready to take God at His Word. I wonder if there's anyone here this morning that like Abraham is able to believe the promise against all odds. And as a result, he became the father of many 
nations. I guess when you start to talk about faith and the fact that the promises are dependent upon faith, we can have all sorts of conclusions come up in our mind and think about faith as this mystical thing or or this thing that kind of sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. But I, I wanna talk to you today about a faith that is solid, that is dependable, that will get you through the storms of life, that will cause you to stay strong in the middle of a storm, but also stay true in the middle of a summer of life. 21 years ago, we experienced a tragedy in our family that sent shockwaves, not just through our family, but through this church and the community itself, a tragic car accident that took the lives of three young men, Christian, our son, Adam, a member of our church, Daniel, another pastor's son, as well as leaving the fourth passenger, who you know as Bobby Pike, fighting for his life in hospital, after his legs were severed below the knees during the accident. All of the boys were either 17 or 18 years old in church following Christ. It wasn't drugs or alcohol. The alleged speed of the car was 20 kilometres above the limit. There were terrible road conditions. The trauma and the grief that it produced was overwhelming for our family, two churches, and the thousands of family and friends that it involved. When the moment came for me to walk up onto the platform and speak at our son's celebration of life, I stopped and said, God, I can't do this. I cannot do this. I think I'll call upon Peter as the stand-in. Before the service, we had... Agreed, Peter had agreed that if I felt like I couldn't follow through with it, that he would come in and conduct that part of the service. At that point, God spoke back to me and he said, if you take the first step, I'll do the rest. And what happened in those next few moments, I'm not sure if it was a minute or 10 minutes, but for the first time in my life, I experienced an out-of-body experience whereby I could see myself preaching while I was preaching. I don't think anything else other than an encounter like that could have actually put enough strength in my soul in that moment to continue and follow through with what God had put in my heart to do. I'm talking to you about a faith that can get you through the most difficult circumstances. I'm talking about a faith that is reliable. I'm talking about a faith that is rock solid. So I stepped out and I did it. What comes to mind is the psalm that God had given me during that season, during that week, as my pastor spoke to me in the most horrendous moment of that journey. And he said, from the ends of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The funeral passes and I come to a moment where a respected minister said to me, with all sincerity, Todd, whatever you do, don't ask why. To be honest, I resented that statement strongly. I had so many questions. Why didn't I leave the car keys for him to drive that car? It was a safer car. What if this happened? Why didn't God stop it? Why the devastation and senseless loss? 
Maybe you've asked questions why in your journey of faith, in your journey of life. Why do the wicked prosper while the righteous seem to suffer? Why do good things happen to bad people? Why do people turn their back on God? Why is life often a relentless battle? Why do I face chronic depression, anxiety and fear? Does anyone know what I'm talking about this morning? Why did they betray me? Why did I go through that broken relationship? Why did I have to face bankruptcy? Have you ever asked why? And you know what? At those moments, we really want answers. Like back then, I wanted some real answers to some serious, deep questions. And this respected minister said, don't ask why. And I resented it. But you know what? I think she was right. 21 years down the track and looking through all the journeys and I did seek some answers. I think she was right that sometimes asking why is not the approach that we need. Sometimes we just need to trust that God is bigger than it all, knows more, because you know what? We simply won't have the answers this side of eternity to many of our troubles, to many of our trials. And even if we did get the answers, we probably wouldn't understand or accept them because our minds are limited. We can't see in the expanse of of eternity. Out of that journey and kind of reflecting 21 years down the track, during that time, God spoke to us about seeds of hope that He deposited into our hearts. But I now know those things to be eternal principles of hope. Can I give you some today? Because I'm aware right now that we're about to go into our future. I'm so thankful for the shouts that I can hear that are coming from those online. I've got this little ink. No, I haven't gotten in here, but I'm going to get them. I'm so thankful for those leading forward at home going, yeah, come on, I need this. Because right now, I think more than ever before, we need to get back to the future, get back to living to the promises of God, get back to the vision that God gave us for our families, for our church, for our business, for our children, get back to the dream of God. We've got to get back to the future. It seems like 2020 has been used as a big pause button on the entire world where pause was pressed pressed, and we all started a nasal gave about, oh, what, what, what about this and what, and at home and, and we, well, we can't go on a holiday now, so we'll do stuff. And we've just become so focused on ourselves and the here and now that we forgot about that there is a future to live. There is a giant still to slay. There is a mountain still to be conquered. There is a devil to be defeated, a church to be built, a world to be won. And we've got to get back. And the only way that we're going to get through is by holding on to those eternal principles of hope. And the first one would be this, the the principle of time and truth. Because you've heard the classic statement, it's okay, time heals all things. You know what? You've been lied to. Time does not heal all things because if it did, you'd be healed by now. And when I talk about healing right now, I'm not so much talking about the physical healing, but I'm talking about the psychological healing you might need, the emotional healing you might need, the relational healing you might need. You've got to know this, that time alone does not heal. Time is not magical. Going to sleep and waking up is not some magical process that's going to bring about a healing. But I want to tell you, when time and truth partner together, healing manifests. I want to tell you that time will take care of itself, but truth is your responsibility. 
It's kind of like espresso lovers. Are there any espresso lovers that like me, you are healed every morning from the morning blues. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I, I get healed every morning when I take that espresso. And that, that, that healing mixture, that healing chemical reaction happens because of two components, ground coffee beans and water at somewhere between 90 and 95 degrees expressed through those grounds. Is that right? Is that, that's about right, isn't it? But you see, if you, if you separate one of those components, like could you imagine going up to your favourite barista this morning and gets your espresso and all you've got is the ground beans in the bottom of the cup? Won't work, right? So what I'm trying to tell you is that the beans and the water, it's kind of like time and truth. You've got to put them together for the healing process to break forth. And one of the dramas that we have today is there's not so much truth left in our world. It's, it's interesting that they're trying to get our city mayor to resign because he made a statement of truth. It's crazy. Like it's seriously crazy. They want him to resign because he made a statement of truth. But you've got to know truth and time together bring about healing. But truth is your responsibility to seek it with all your heart. The second eternal principle of hope is that we've got to understand the reality of sent and used. What I'm trying to say to you is that what happened to you was either God sent or God used. And, and don't be fooled by thinking that everything that comes to your life is God sent. Wasn't God sent? Probably. But He can still use it. James 1 verse 17, every good and Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. You know what? Everything that's good and everything that's perfect comes from God. If it's not good, if it's not perfect, it wasn't sent by Him. And I'm not saying just because it wasn't sent by Him, it was definitely the devil. It could have been, but maybe not. And certainly God gets blamed for a lot of things the devil does. Certainly that happens. But, but what about this thought from Proverbs 19 and verse three? There are some people who ruin their own lives and then blame it all on God. Oh, I'm sorry for putting that one in there, but it's just, it's just another one that you might have to sift through and have a look at that it, maybe it didn't come from God. Maybe you just made the wrong decision. Maybe you made a dumb decision. Maybe you made whatever. God sent and God used. Kind of got to work it out so you can navigate through on this journey of faith. God didn't send that sickness, but He'll use it to manifest His healing promise. He didn't send the evil, but He'll use it to reveal His goodness. We've got to hold on to the principle of sent and used. We've got, we've got to understand what was God sent and what's just God used. And then there's the, the principle, the truth of closure and acceptance. Our world is trying to sell us this message of closure. And it actually came to us in the 90s. The social psychologist Ari Kriglansky coined the phrase need for closure, referring to a framework for decision-making that aims to find an answer on a given topic that will alleviate confusion and ambiguity. When we seek closure, she said, we are looking for answers as to the cause of a certain loss in order to resolve the painful feelings it has created. In doing this, we appear to form a mental puzzle of what's happened, examining each piece and its relationship to the overall puzzle. 
closure is achieved when we are satisfied that the puzzle has been assembled to our satisfaction, (laughs) that the answers have been reached and it's therefore possible to move on. Did you get that? You might be able to bring closure to a breakup, to a bankruptcy or a career crash. You might be able to bring closure in that way. You might. But not if it's grief that's overwhelming, senseless tragedy, betrayal. Can I say that closure is not really what we're looking for as humans? What we are in need of is acceptance. It's a whole different approach. Acceptance is appreciation and resonating with the positive, resonating with the positives you can on the way through. That'll lead to happiness. It empowers you with the ability to appreciate the true gifts of life. You know, King David, after suffering the loss of his son, and this is where I started the journey, we as a family, as a church, started the journey all those years ago. He he was praying and fasting for his son who was sick and his son didn't get healed and the son died. And immediately when he, the son died, King David gets himself up dusts himself off, stops his praying and fasting. And those around about him, those close to him couldn't get it. They didn't understand. And they said, what's going on? He says, well, I understand this. He can't come to where I am, but one day I'll go to where he is. He moved into this place of acceptance. And so I'm not sure what you're going through, but I know I've got a message for someone today. Stop looking for closure and move to a place of acceptance. You can't change the past. You can't rewrite the past, but you can accept it. Draw the good out of it that you can find, even if it's just one thing. Reconcile what's going on here so that you can move into your future because you know that you have found acceptance when you reconcile in the present what God healed in the past so that you can move into the future. And then finally, as we come into land, which doesn't mean a lot, it means I've got six minutes to go. We've got to have a look at the reality of pain and suffering because in life, pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. You choose to grow bitter or get better. John 16, 33, Jesus said, and everything I taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. I love the fact that it's always God's will to heal. Don't you? And when you think of healing in this moment, can, 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 can you think of it in this way? For God to restore to full health and full strength. And that's not just about your physical body, your emotional life, your relational life, your intellectual world. It's also about other areas like your financial world. Some of us have our financial worlds that are unwell, that are sick, and God is able to heal that as we move to Him in faith. But you've got to understand, you've got to switch that faith on. You've got to act upon that faith. You've got to hear it, accept it, act upon it, and you will get the promise manifesting in your life, regardless of what the circumstances look like. God's will is always to heal. I've been just kind of almost almost amused by the social media theologians that we see today. 
Have you seen them out there? And giving us all these reasons why this is no longer relevant today. And, you know, they might have a cessation and kind of approach to Scripture. They might have this approach or whatever, but they make statements like it's not God's will to heal everybody because so-and-so, my loved one, was sick and they prayed and believed and they didn't get healed. Like that proves that God's will is not for healing. That's like saying, even though the Word of God says it's God's desire that all men should be saved and come to the knowledge of truth, but because they don't come to the knowledge of truth, it's not really God's will for that to happen. Are you with me? Come on, I'm trying to preach in these last few moments because some of you need to just get re-established on this rock solid faith that will take you through any storm. It'll take you through any battle. It'll cause you to stand strong, but you've got to know you've got to turn that faith on. You've got to switch it on. T.L. Osborne said this. He said, if sickness is the will of God, then every physician would be a lawbreaker. Every trained nurse, a denier of Almighty. Every hospital, a house of rebellion instead of a house of healing. That's what the Scriptures mean when it says, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our example and father. Because against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfil it. He took God at His Word. And as a result, He became the Father of many nations. Can I encourage you as we land? Take God at His Word. Faith must be activated. Hear it. Accept it. Act upon it. Believe His promises against all opposition, against the odds. Don't lose faith because it's been a long time. Don't lose faith because it's been a year or a decade. Hold on to the promise of God. Don't let the devil, social media or anyone else rob you of your faith. Verse 14 said very clearly that faith is robbed of its power when we rely upon this law, this man-given principle to meet the requirement for the promise. And you can expect, I love this part, you can expect God to fulfil the promise. Let me pray with you. Father, I thank You right now that this Word You've given to us is so that we can see Your promises fulfilled. God, that like Abraham, when his body was old and beyond years, that God, the promise would still come to pass because You are faithful to fulfil it. God, we understand today is a day that You want to intervene in our lives in ways that we would encounter You and know that the breakthrough came because You're so faithful. Father, we thank You for it today. We lift up our eyes to You. God, we don't look to the hills, to the mountains, to creation, but we look to You as the Creator. In Jesus' name. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.